Firstly, obviously it affects me as an academic um, and also someone who um, supports the, the principles behind the Fees Must Fall protest. And I became increasingly concerned about the fact that um, violence was being used in the protest and that this was in turn being used to delegitimize and criminalize um, what is effectively a just movement. And I wanted to try and understand why this was happening. Um, but the second reason was that um, I've just done a two-year research project that focuses on the right to protest in South Africa, and there are chains of cause and effect that we see unfolding in protest action that often start very peaceful, but often turn violence in response um, to police violence or in response to a more general of closure of democratic space, or alternatively because the authorities are not listening to peaceful protests. You also say that the public, the media and even the police fail to differentiate between what are disruptive protests and violent protests. What's the difference there and why is that important for us to note that difference? Well, here I draw on a distinction that's been made very usefully by the University of Johannesburg's uh, research chair in social change, um, which defines disruptive protest as um, a protest that involves um, novel uh, uh, protest tactics in order to disrupt the, the prevailing social order through, for instance, staging sit-ins or um, um, in the case of um, uh, protests in communities, burning tires and barricading, um, barricading roads, but it doesn't necessarily evolve, involve any uh, appreciable levels of damage to property or violence against people. And um, those kinds of protests would in turn be defined as violent. And what I've tended to find is that often the two are conflated in the public imagination. And what that leads to is the creation of a moral panic um, in the mind of the public about so many of these protests being violent, whereas many of them, um, yes, certainly involve disruption, but don't necessarily escalate into violence. And why is this distinction important? Well, I think it's important because um, um, many forms of disruptive protest actually should be and are constitutionally protected. In fact, the Regulation of Gatherings Act only entertains the prohibition of gatherings when they escalate into what it calls serious disruption. And then, once that happens, um, there should be a period of negotiation between the protest conveners um, and the authorities to see whether the situation can be de-escalated. If it cannot, um, then there are grounds um, for forcefully um, dispersing the, um, the, the, the protest. So I would argue that disruptive protests that fall short of serious disruption are in fact protected both by the law and the Constitution. And this is important because time and again we have seen in our protest cultures, in our country, that a peaceful but non-disruptive protests are simply ignored by the authorities. We often hear complaints um, made by activists that um, the petitions that they hand over um, to people who they are marching against often seem to be ignored. Um, some seem to find their way into the dustbin. Um, and this, in turn, has escalated and radicalized um, protests that we've seen in the country. And I think it's this kind of dynamic that we've seen playing itself out um, in our university spaces at the moment. Is it a masculine expression of rage that, that's leading to the violence? Yes, I certainly think that um, there's an element of hypermasculinity in the reason why um, uh, violence is being used by a section 
um, of the um, of the student movement, and I must just emphasise the fact that it is a section because many of the protests that are still taking place um, are largely peaceful. Um, I think that there is um, a section who glorify violence and see it as a means of performing um, their masculinity. And in fact, I think this is one of the regressive elements that we see in the student movement that's come to the fore recently. It's always been there. It's been nascent. Um, we've seen problems um, in the movement with, with, with women not being taken seriously, um, with uh, homophobia in the movement, and I think um, all of this is an expression of the fact that a masculinist culture has started to become ascendant in the movement. How are we likely to see the student movement evolving again? Um, I think it's extremely important for the student movement to grapple with questions of um, not only ideology but strategies and tactics. Um, to the extent possible, um, student leaders need to find a way of de-escalating the situation as well and talking down um, uh, people who want to engage in regressive and violent actions because ultimately um, violence shifts the struggle onto a terrain that is dominated overwhelmingly by the state and its coercive capacities because the state has a monopoly on violence. Um, And once the struggle is on that particular terrain, the students cannot possibly win. Um, I don't think it's too late to claw back the situation um, and to rebuilding um, the mass character of the movement, which would mean um, emphasizing those aspects of the student struggle um, that unite students rather than divide them. And I think that political parties na- on a national scale need to stand back. They need to stand down. They need to give students the space to be able to find themselves and to find their voice irrespective of the ideological differences amongst the national parties. They, they, they are fractured movements. So, you know, how can they come together to rebuild this mass character of the struggle you talk about? Well, um, that really makes the case um, for a movement to be escalated um, into becoming a, a, a more formalized national organization. Because without um, organization, um, we have these um, inchoate um, fractured um, uh, movements that take place in different campuses around the country where where, where, um, people who engage um, cannot be held accountable for their actions, accountable particularly by members of the movement themselves. I think that while many movement participants recognize the fact that the um, that the organic um, nature of the movement has been a beautiful thing, um, it's also become counterproductive. And I think that um, the hard task of organization building actually needs to start now.